Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. G'day and a warm welcome from Ausbiz. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It is Wednesday, the 10th of March. I'm Andrew Gagan, great to have you company. And uh, today, our two experts on the show, Rudy Philippic van Dyke from FN Arena and Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Welcome to both of you. All right, so interesting moves overnight <laughs> on Wall Street. We saw that rotation uh, back into growth, if you like. Talk about buying the dip, Henry. Yes. Um, yeah, some dramatic gains there for tech. Uh, some dramatic gains last night. Yeah, 3.7% rise in uh, the NASDAQ. It was pretty horrible, though, uh, the day before. And we certainly saw that, saw the official correction territory. Um, what switched it around, I guess, is, is the bit of bargain hunting. Also, the bond market as well. That was showing some signs of life. We had a bond auction last night, which I think some commentators described as solid which is always good. Um, and that, that was something that spooked the market a couple of weeks ago. So there was a rotation back in. How long it lasts remains to be seen. Tesla was up 20%. You know, Kathy mm. Woods. Oh, in, in, in 11, I know. In 11%, you know, it's, uh, it's extraordinary moves. So, um, you know, we, we live in interesting times. We do indeed. Rudy, do you think this is just temporary? Or what are we seeing, certainly as far as the bonds? The trend is obviously still higher though, isn't it? The yields. Oh, that's a big call. Um, <laughs> here's, here's the proposition. Late last year, there was sort of a consensus growing that 2021 would see higher bond yields. Mm. I mean, I think it was sort of like a market consensus. But virtually no one was expecting that bonds were where they are mm. already. I guess typical markets these days, if they go, oh, is that the direction? Or would you go like tomorrow? Mm. Right? So it, everything happens much quicker pace than it would happen four, five, six years ago. Why that is, we can all speculate about that one, but it does create a lot of volatility. Mm. And I think with a general consensus that we, ha we are yet to see some little bit of inflation coming through uh, by mid-year, this is probably going to be uh, volatile uh, for a while, I think. Yeah, okay, volatility is certainly here to stay. All right, well, obviously we saw those big gains, uh, tech stocks. Uh, Henry, buy now, pay later. That's, uh, that sort of plays out here in that regard. Uh, zip down today, but after pay up significantly. There's a reason for that too, just before we get to the stock of the day. Uh, well, that is in fact the stock of the day, after pay. Uh, that's, uh, it's European subsidiary Clearpay Europe has completed its acquisition of uh, Pajantis for, as an undisclosed sum, 
as it plans to enter the European market, uh, which will include Spain, France and Italy. They'll be the first countries to go live with ClearPay. Also, PayPal will make its new pay-in-for instalment option available to its 9 million Australian customers in early June. So, Henry, how's this all play out for Afterpay? I thought it was interesting, actually, with the Afterpay announcement saying they completed their acquisition. They first announced that in August last year. So it's taken a little while to get that in place and to get it finalised, which I think is interesting. Uh, let's, let's face it, Afterpay was always going to bounce. If you, if you see a bounce in NASDAQ, the, the go-to stock is Afterpay. Uh, and we saw a bounce yesterday. It did actually get below 100 bucks very briefly. So it's come down from $160, 165 cents was its, was its all-time high. Got below 100 bucks. That is a big fall for an absolute market darling where the rocket emojis are everywhere on social media. Um, it bounced well yesterday off that uh, $100 level. And I guess the technical analysis guys, coupled with the fact that we saw NASDAQ up 3.7%, it was its game on this morning with a little bit of good news about expanding into Europe, which is going back to an announcement in August. Mm. Um, you know, it's just a red rag to a bull, literally. Uh, the bulls of Afterpay. So um, how long it lasts remains to be seen. Uh, we, we have added a smidge to our holding in Afterpay on the weakness, and we'll wait and see how that plays out. But certainly, you know, it's our, it's our proxy for the NASDAQ, let's face it. We, we don't have that many mm. tech stocks around. Um, Rudy will, will argue, of course. Definitely. <laughs> well, I mean, it is up around 9% yeah. today, so at around $115. Mm. Just, just out of interest, what is Zero doing? Zero. Uh, you put me on the spot. It's, 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 it's up as well. It's officially yeah. a New Zealand stock, I know that, yeah. but it, it is probably... It's up 3%. The, yeah, other, 3%, the, two and a half. the yep. other major technology stocks we have in, in Australia, and it's less volatile than, than Afterpay, but it, d d nevertheless, they have, they've had a similar pattern because Zero, I think, from memory, uh, topped out at around 150 and recently went as low as 105, I believe. So that's pretty similar to what Afterpay has done. So it got sucked in into that, that same movement. Um, I think the main difference between Zero and Afterpay here is, uh, apart from the fact that I own Zero and don't uh, own Afterpay, <laughs> that's, that's one major difference, yeah. uh, is that I think Zero is more owned by, uh, by fund managers and Afterpay uh, does attract a lot more so-called hot money, like, like, and Henry was referring to the, the emojis on, on the Facebook groups and all of that. I seldom see people uh, talking about Zero as much as they do about Zip or an Afterpay, mm. which are a lot more volatile. My problem when you make investments and you try to do it, of course, on fundamental basis and the long-term growth projections and all of that, is that because there's so much hot money in some stocks, and, and you could, in the US, for example, you go to a, to a Tesla, uh, you have Bitcoin and the Dodge coins elsewhere, you have in Australia, of course, it's, it's Afterpay and Zip. Is the problem is that it's not always easy to distinguish where do the fundamentals stop or where does the hot money take over. And, um, well, rule number one, you don't ask the typical value investor where Afterpay should be, mm. because you don't ask a basketball player about rugby. Yeah? That doesn't work. <laughs> right? That doesn't work. Or a golf player, how should I, how should I play tennis? No, don't, don't ask the right people. Yeah? But, um, so the problem here will be, and it was always going to happen, I think, that at some stage the tree has to be given a big shake and you have a lot of that hot money has to, has to be tested. Mm. Um, and, and going from 150 to, to just under, or maybe even 160, going to just under $100 is probably quite, no, and quite healthy 
for the for the share market in itself. And and I wouldn't be surprised uh, if a lot of people um, are, are looking at Afterpay today to uh, finally jump in because at 150 it just seemed a little bit toppy, mm. and at uh, around 100 dollars it seems like a bargain. So, are you looking at it? At no, all? I'm not at the moment. Uh, but there's a lot of things I actually don't like about Afterpay, but there are a lot of things where you can see that I mean, it is the market leader. We should realize that without Afterpay we would not have a BNPL internationally. They mm. basically started that whole that whole movement, that whole sector. And it is the market leader. And I personally, taking a leave from my experience with stocks like an REA group and, a, and a car sales and all of that, there's always competition coming. Yeah? Yep. I, mean, I mean, I have a long beard if I pay attention to everyone who says, after uh, car sales is going to be disrupted, yeah? yeah. And you, you go 20 years later, you go like, I'm still waiting. I mean, um, the, the same happens with, with Afterpay. Had PayPal intervened in that market maybe three years ago, they might have made a big impact. Now Afterpay is the number one in that sector, and now it's up to the other guys to mm. prove they actually make a dent in Afterpay's momentum, and at the moment, I haven't seen any of it. All right, Rudy, you're not touching it, but uh, Henry <laughs> may be adding to it, possibly I'm, at this level. I'm just trying to get yeah. this image out of my brain of Rudy Van Winkle. <laughs> uh, Rudy good. with this big long beard. So yeah, still waiting for the disruption in some of those talks. <laughs> um, we've been uh, we've been adding to our afterpay holding uh, on this dip. Yep. Um, where the value is, where the right price is for afterpay is such a pin the tail on the donkey exercise. It, it's really hard to do. Yeah. I think that the, the fact that PayPal is coming here um, obviously shows that there is increasing competition in this space. There's so many buy now, pay later wannabes, the split it's, the sezzles, the open pays, the lay buys. They're all out there doing hums, it. Hums. Hums, yeah, that's, that's not yeah. even... Well, there's certainly, I mean, there's not consensus among you guys. There's certainly not consensus among the brokers either. No. Vast discrepancies. Yes. But, well, yeah. the, and the brokers play catch up with their price targets. So, you know, yeah. you'll go from, you know, we've got a $47 price target and the stock's trading at 120 bucks. So what do they do? They either look like a clown forever and a day or they go, you know what, we're upgrading to 110. U- UBS is still there. Yeah. Which All right. <laughs> they've got the pointy hat on and the red nose and the little white makeup <laughs> stuff happening. We better get into it uh, as far as our stock picking is concerned. The first one picked by you uh, from Nikki is Coles. Now, uh, Rudy, of course, you know, everyone shops at Coles. Well, if they don't, I guess they're shopping at Woolies. And in fact, uh, I guess it's underperforming Woolies mm. at the moment. Uh, it is undergoing an automation of its supply chain uh, at this point too. Um, you're currently sitting around $15.70. Uh, I noticed that Goldman Sachs has a Twenty dollars seventy yeah. price target yeah. on it. How, what, how are you looking at it? It's cheap. Most most stock brokers have a higher price target. Uh, number one, Woolies is the better company. Um, I mean, I've, I've been in Australia now for twenty years. For throughout that period, it's always Woolies is the better company. Apparently, before I arrived, Coles was the better one. Mm. Uh, but that momentum has definitely changed. So there is no discussion that Woolies is the better one. But Woolies is also more expensively, so-called expensively priced, and that is the reflection of the quality. Um, I think we're now com- coming into the territory of, of, of uh, portfolio instead of just investing. Right? If you put a portfolio together, you can't just have afterpays, the zeros and, 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 uh, and the car sales. I mean, they're all attacking players. You need some defense in your portfolio and some backbone. I think a typical defensive stock in your portfolio would be calls. And that, that, that has not so much to do with the fact that they are I mean, supermarket operators, but in Australia, which is an island, 
And the pandemic has basically proven that Aldi, which is the main competitor for those guys, mm. is not very good in if you want to if you want to order your food and you're sitting at home. I mean, you actually have to go and ask for a box and <laughs> fill it up. I mean, um, that is to the advantage of Coles and Woolies, who are now spending quite a lot of money in their in their supply chain, and they will have a truck coming to your door and deliver your food. That's the future. Mm. I mean, and they both are taking a very leap forward. It's an island; they don't have much competition. Um, that's a very solid-looking business. The dividends are going to increase year after year. It's about four percent, a little bit less. Um, so what are you complaining about as an as a investor? You need a little bit of backbone in your portfolio. I think uh, Coles is one of those typical stocks that you can use for that purpose. And if you want to go better, you go, you go Woolies. Okay, so, well, Coles, you're saying? As well, far Coles, as Coles, is, Coles is, is, is relatively cheap. Woolies is more expensive than price, but there's a reason for that. Woolies is a better operator. Okay, but, but is Coles at this price yes. a buy -in? Yes. Yes, okay. Henry? Um, <laughs> I've lived in this country for 31 years. <laughs> You've seen golf winning. And I've seen, they take it in turns, basically. Woolies will cut prices and they'll look good for a little while, and then Coles will cut prices, and they take, take it in turns. Audi's a whole different kettle of fish. You go into Audi for a litre of milk and you come out with a chainsaw. It's a whole different, <laughs> it's a whole different kettle of fish. This one looks cheap. Below 16 bucks, this is, this is definitely a buy. It's been punished by its like-for-like -like sales numbers, which were down. Mm. And I think Woolies is getting a bit of an uplift because of the, um, the demerger or the, maybe the mm. corporate appeal from the Endeavour drinks groups. It's got the Dan Murphys and all that sort of thing. And, and Coles hasn't been as successful with their liquor side of things. I, I mean, Dan Murphys is almost a verb um, uh, to some extent. So, I, But I think this one will have its day and I think it's some of the, the, the practices that we got into during COVID, you know, buying toilet rolls and being silly and that sort of stuff, that, that will disappear. And that will, uh, Coles and Woolies will both suffer because of that. But the big thing is their online presence and their logistics chain and their supply chain and the discipline they've had to put in place during COVID will remain and will be the driver of these businesses. As Rudy says, you know, why not have the van turn up outside your, mm. your door and deliver your groceries as opposed to go... And, to go into the shop and and Coles are doing uh, you know they've got a deal with I think it's a Cardo um, they're, they're doing work with them to do that I think at these prices considering the big fall it's had and it's only a matter of time before they fight back with with some you know gimmick trading cards or yeah, a little yeah. plastic thing that grabs everyone's attention um, you know Woolies have got the little herby things at the moment which seem to be sprouting up in people's homes Coles will fight back these prices, I think it's cheap. Even, All right. even if they don't fight back, by the way, we have a very strong emphasis this year on the reopening trade. Yep. And see, Woolies is benefiting more because it does have hotels and, and, yep. and the liquor. Coles doesn't have that. So Coles is now in, put in the basket of, they benefited last year. So this year they're being punished for it. But at some point, that trade has done its course. You've got and to win. And mm -hmm. we'll, yep. look, we'll look back at the calls. All right. Well, in fact, it's already in the call ah. portfolio and <laughs> buyers from both of you. So it stays in the portfolio. Mm. All right. Let's uh, move on. So that's, uh, that's calls there for you, Nikki. I'm sure that answers your question. Uh, let's move on to uh, one of the big four banks, ANZ. Now, obviously, financial stocks seem to be benefiting, certainly as far as those rising <clears throat> yields are concerned, ANZ being you know, the fourth largest by market cap in Australia. Henry, um, some fairly mixed recommendations I noticed as far as, again, as far as the brokers are concerned. How are you looking at it? 
it's it's had an almighty run, hasn't it? They all have. All four banks have had an almighty run. I, I had this thing many years ago when I was in broking. That it was the hundred buck chuck. You could spend a hundred bucks and you could buy all four banks, uh, and you could in those days back in 2011, 2012, or whatever it was. Um, and they got to a high of $215 in March 2015, and they got to a low last year of around $105 between the four bank share price being added up. This is not dividends being taken into account. They're now at about $165, $170 between the four of them. That's a big run from the lows last year. That is the only thing that concerns me because it has run really hard, and we know the story. And the, the great thing about the banks is that when, when the pandemic hit, they squirreled away and they provisioned. They were already provisioning because of uh, the Hain Royal Commission, uh, but the pandemic just increased those provisions and stuffing those logs in case things turned really bad. And look what's happened. The economy has just been upgraded by the OECD. Mm. The economy's booming. Um, you go out into the streets, it is booming. People are spending money, people are upgrading their utes, renovating houses. Rudy will attest to that. Um, you know, traders are busy as 10 men and there is money flowing, stimulus checks, and we haven't had a housing crash. And these are glorified building societies. And housing is going from strength to strength to strength. Now that could well be a bubble, but ANZ are riding that at the moment. It's, it's definitely a hold. Yeah. Whether you add it here or buy it here, it remains to be seen. It's not just about bond yields. This is about all that money that they provisioned for the tough times. We don't have the tough times, cross fingers anyway, that they don't come, in which case all that money can be released, dividends will start to be paid, and they will become big, attractive building society yield stocks again. The only risk you have with the banks, and it's been alluded to by uh, Philip Lowe this morning, was um, some sort of rein in of lending standards yep. from a regulator for, for housing. But Josh Frydenberg last year said, guys, knock yourselves out, go for it. Don't worry about responsible lending. Irresponsible lending is the name of the game. Record low interest rates, knock yourselves out. And that's what they've done. Yeah, we only have to see that with uh, certainly first home buyers getting in the market with those uh, really attractive uh, home loans. Rudy, um, how are you looking at uh, it? From personal, from personal observation, I think uh, Henry is, 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 is understating it way too much. It, I mean, Australians and the property market, you, can, you can't almost not put anything in between there. Yeah? It's like a... It's like a Anyway, um, I think I think the authorities will, at some stage, probably later in the year, will will try to temper the housing market here because again, it's 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 doing an afterpay basically, mm -hmm. right? and in very quick fashion. So for that reason, um, just to go short on the subject, I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't chase the banks here. I think there's probably a pullback coming. Um, in particular, if we, at some stage, we'll we'll, we'll see the bond market um, stabilize a little bit, which then again allows the afterpays, the CSLs, the zeros uh, from t taking over momentum for a while. Mm. Um, however, um, the, bank, the banks are well, well capitalized here. They will increase their dividends for the next, next two, three years. Um, so if you, if you own it for that reason, you shouldn't be that um, upset because of daily price movements. And, um, and, and we visit them in a few years time when, when those problems that were, were causing a five-year underperformance prior to the COVID uh, will we'll come back to the surface because the banks are not that well run. But you know what I mean? It's Australia, it's an island, <laughs> and, and sometimes the, the bigger moves in, is in your favour. All right, <laughs> so uh, James uh, suggesting ANZ Bank for us. So that's a hold from um, 
Henry, but um, Rudy not touching it at this point. It's a hold. It's a hold. Yeah. You wouldn't, oh, you wouldn't okay. sell it here. No. All right. Uh, let's move on. And uh, our next one is Ava Risk Group, uh, ticker AVA. That's brought to us uh, by Nick. This is an infotech company, um, risk management services, tech provider. Um, had fairly impressive results uh, first half. Well, yeah, but I feel we're more we're entering more Henry's territory now. I mean, we're moving now from from large caps into probably a company that half of our audience has never heard about. Yeah. Um, for me, in very simple terms, way too small, uh, way too obscure. Um, I mean, what, what what people always underestimate is that in the good times, there's always liquidity for stocks like this. In the not so good times, it can dry up quite quite quickly and quite dramatically. And before you know it, you're in, a, you're in a lobster pot, which means we're happy to get you in, like Hotel California, <laughs> but you can't get out. <laughs> um, so for me, this, this is a, unless you really know what you're doing, and this is more of a trading strategy then, yeah. I wouldn't recommend uh, this type of very small IT stock. In particular not, when we have an environment that, as we've now yet, yet seen, that sometimes everything that only smells like a technology stock goes out the window. Mm. And we, we, have, we don't know yet whether that period is over. All right, Henry, it does have contracts with both the Australian and Indian Defence Departments. You can obviously see growth there. Yeah, and no. Defence spending is always going up. Yeah, no, I've, I've liked this stock for a while. It's had a massive run. Um, it went from sort of 10, 15 cents to 80 cents, topped out. And as Rudy says, when, when the custard hits those blades, it does tend to um, hurt. And it has pulled back quite a fair way back down to around 52 53 cents which is kind of starting to look interesting these guys um, they do security basically but not just um, cyber security they do kind of holistic security so if you've got a building they can make it secure with their books as you go through they'll have you know the guards they'll have security of data they'll have security of products in terms of the supply chain security of, of complex products um, they've got some good customers they had some good results um, it's a bit of a sleeper in some respects it kind of sits under the radar a little bit um, and it's not the easiest business to get your head around because when you look at what they do they do everything in, in security management data security etc mm. um, so it's not easy to sort of pigeonhole them and say okay this we can compare this one to this one because there's no other this one there's only this one, mm. um, so it's 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 hard. But well, I mean, Rudy's saying it's too obscure and too small. I mean, is that a problem? Well, not no. It depends. I mean, that's where I go hunting. Right. Um, obscure and problems um, are opportunities. <laughs> um, as long as you you know, as long as you look at these things. As long as you are experienced, as Henry doing it. Huh? Well, not just for, for, well, not just that. But you, yeah. you can't fall in love with these stories either. And, and you know, um, they have their day, and they do need. Um, a nice tailwind from tech stocks globally. And if that sort of enthusiasm wanes, as we've seen it in the US until last night, then they do suffer. But I think around 50 cents, it's starting to look interesting again. Um, and it's, it seems to be a pretty well-run company, but it's just hard to you know, compare it like for like because it does so many different things. It's not like, you know, we, we've liked um, TNT in the past, Tesserant, which is a cybersecurity company. Mm. You can look at it and go, well, that's a cybersecurity company compared to that cybersecurity company, we can work it out. But this one does so many different things for security that it, yeah. makes, it makes it hard. But well, I'm just taking a look at that. Yeah, it has the past six months share price up around 150%. Yeah, so it's, as done, you it's, say, it's, 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 it's ridden the, the, the cybersecurity run up 
um, as well. You know, it's there's see where it comes from as well. Huh? Yeah, and it could easily, you know, th these things are there to be traded. That is my old boss in London said, they're not numbers on doors. All right, there you go. I hope that uh, answers your question, Nick. All right, our next one to look at. Res at Health, uh, ticker code RAS. Uh, ben is uh, interested in this one. Um, Henry, this, uh, the company develops and commercialises its Res app technology, uh, providing healthcare solutions for respiratory disease. Uh, what can you tell us about it? That's a very technical way of putting what this company does. It's an app. It is basically <laughs> the Shazam of coughing. <laughs> that, is, that is the simple definition of Me what measures this, how you cough. It, it bas that's what it started out with. It basically, yeah. you cough into your smartphone, and that will then, using artificial intelligence and proven, I guess, to them, sort of patterns of coughing, mm. be able to identify whether you have a problem that you need to actually go and see a, a specialist about, or whether it's just you should brush your teeth. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, well, there's a predictive technology. There is a predictive technology. Yeah. The problem they had, and they promised so much, and they delivered so little. Yes. Um, that, that's the problem. It sounded yes. a really good idea, and I've yeah. seen these guys present many, many times. They're at every technology yeah. conference, yeah. and it is the Shazam of coughing. And the problem was that they did all these trials in the US, um, and the trials here were, were very good, and they could sort of predict better than a doctor, better than a cl clinician, uh, the outcomes of whether you had a some sort of issue with a, a lung infection or whatever. And the problem was they did the trials in the US and they didn't really pass muster, to be honest. And they, the company said, you know, the trials were done all wrong, it wasn't done seriously enough, the clinicians weren't, do, you know, they had the phones they were holding in noisy environments, they couldn't hear the coughing. You know, it's not what it's like with Shazam. If you're in the pub and you're trying to Shazam, oh, what's that song, what's that song? Mm. And so the Shazam goes, I'm sorry, I don't know. Well, you start giving up. And this, yeah. the, the market has given up a little bit on this. They, they've kind of tried to diversify into sleep, sort of um, into, into identifying sleep patterns as well as... Snoring and the like. Yeah, yeah so that's just a zam of snoring. Yeah. Um, but again, it really hasn't caught the, the, the imagination. Yeah. COVID has been, in theory, should have been an absolute godsend for these guys. Nah. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it sounds great. It promised a lot. It's delivered very little. Um, lots of big techie announcements and trials in Europe on, on their sleep stuff, but really and truly, it, you know, show me the money, guys, because at the end of the day, if, if you've got, you got Shazam and it keeps telling you the wrong song, that's fine if it's just a song, but if it keeps telling you the wrong diagnosis, you know, there, there's a big future in telehealth. It's a big market. It's a, it's a great big thing to go after, but mm. as yet, they, they really don't have, for me anyway, mm. Okay, so, so good it's idea, but they haven't nailed it. It's a fabulous idea. Wouldn't it be great if you mm. could just cough into your iPhone and the doctor on the other end could say, yep, come in and see me, you've got a problem or whatever. And that was the promise. Unfortunately, the delivery has not lived up to that. All right. Ready? I feel like Henry has said it all. Eternal promise would be my, it would be my uh, term I would put on. I, th I, think, I think just to take a little bit of, 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 of a diff different view on things, there's a reason why a lot of small cap companies never turn into really big companies. And, and the reason is that they all have an interesting story when, they, when they're small and investors invest in the story. Mm. But ultimately to, to become the next ResMed or the, the next CSL or the, the next uh, computer share, uh, you, you have to have more than just a fantastic product. I always say to people, Microsoft never has had the best products in the market. You could, you could make an argument that it's actually the opposite. 
but it's one of the largest companies in the world. So mm. it's not about the product. It's about the ability to, to get customers and to keep them with you. Mm. And the product helps, of course, and the service and everything around it. But there's, and again, this is, I mean, there's so many small cap companies that come up with, with, with a cure for cancer tomorrow and with a product that, that uh, will deliver the, the roast chicken uh, on an airplane in, in your back garden. But ultimately, they have their moments, it, it, it fades away and the market forgets about them. My suspicion is that, that the questions come with stocks like this is because the share price looks so low. Yeah? But to me, that's the graveyard. Right? There might be one puff coming out of the lungs, but that doesn't mean it's, it's, it's going to be a patient that's going to be walking around at one stage. So I would say avoid and look some, for something better. All right, Ben, um, I'm sure that answers your question. So really from both Rudy and Henry there, Henry, as you said, promise much has delivered little at this point. All right, let's turn to our next one, ETFS Robo Global Robotics and Automation, uh, ticket Robo, R-O-B-O. Uh, this is from Leanne, pretty obvious really what it does. It does give exposure to the global value chain of robotics, automation, yeah. artificial intelligence, yeah. Rudy. And there was a, there was, there was a, a, a big uh, argument to be made that if you, if you wanna have exposure to the future, instead of trying to, to figure out which individual companies could fit in. I mean, there was an argument to make that you do that through an ETF, which, which lowers your risk and, and, and still hangs your wagon onto the train. However, I think um, when you look at the price charts, it obviously has performed really, really well in, in recent times, um, just before we had this, all, this pullback in technology. Mm. But we should all realize that this, this, this is a different momentum this year. And that, that's, that ETF, by default, will have a tougher time this year than it had last year. And this year, at the moment, all the, all the emphasis is on uh, reopening economies. It's all about uh, mining stocks, about banks. It's about insurance companies. And it's not so much about healthcare and technology. So you have to take a longer term view on an ETF like this. And it may not necessarily prove the best performer in 2021. Um, so I would say it's a hold at best and not a screaming buy and, and you have to keep an eye on uh, and nobody knows at this point in time how high bond yields will, will go and how fast. Mm. Um, I mean today we have a big revival of the whole sectors because bond yields went back last night but you know what if they go up tomorrow again we everything that goes up today will go, up, will go down tomorrow. So. That's just the situation. Well, it's part of that volatility yes. at the moment, isn't it? Yes. So with a longer term view, yes, yep. because I, I do think those trends are not going to disappear. But for the medium term, you're probably not sitting on the best asset here. All right. Uh, Henry, what, what are your thoughts then? Um, I mean, if, if you want exposure to the future, um, and if you listen to Cathy Wood from, from ARC Innovate, um, then this is... You, you know, said that under your breath. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, she's done. She's extraordinary. Um, but you know, if you want exposure to the future and these sorts of thematics, mm. this has been an absolute winner. It's been a stellar performer, one of the best performing ETFs around, and it really captures that zeitgeist of the future. Mm. Big exposure. It's got you know seven percent to Nvidia. Um, it's got ABB eight point two percent. It's it's it covers the whole gamut of robotics and AI and automation and that side of things. So it's really good. It's pulled back as Rudy says, quite a big time, uh, as the tech stocks have as well. It will have its day again, and I've no doubt that it's a, it's, a, it's a foundation for many millennials, ETF portfolios, and will remain so. So, you know, it, I, for me it's a hold, because it could 
It is the future. It's a question of valuations. The bond yield thing at the moment, you know, the bond market, the biggest market in the world, wants to take on the Fed. Yep. They want to have a fight with the Fed and see what the Fed's going to do. It's, it's a test. You know, we've got a new administration, you've got a new treasurer, you've got uh, Jerome Powell maybe not making himself completely clear, rolling out Fed after Fed member, trying to calm things down. The bond market senses, yeah, let's give it a go. Let's mm. take them on. Let's see how far we can go. We know inflation's coming. Um, but th this is a whole, you know, this is a long-term thematic that you're buying into. And I, yep. I think on that basis, it's a hold. It's just, you know, it's run really hard this year. Mm. And so right. lots of things. But okay. it's, it's a hold. If, you, if that's the, what you want, that's, that's what you're going to get with it. All right, Leanne, I hope that answers your question from both uh, Henry and Rudy there. A hold on that ETF, Robo Global Robotics and Automation. Well, just a halfway mark through the call. Let's summarise where we've been with our uh, five stocks plus stock of the day, which is Afterpay. Um, Henry, essentially uh, willing to add at this, uh, at this uh, price level, perhaps, you know, on the dip, um, whereas Rudy... Not touching it, um, although I guess you haven't completely ruled it out, have no, you? No, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, to Coles, as you can see on your screen there, uh, both agreeing, look, at this level it is cheap, uh, although Woolies at this point is a, a better run business, but um, Rudy's seeing it as a defensive stock and uh, anything below $16, definitely a buy. Uh, that's certainly uh, Henry's call. ANZ. Uh, now, Rudy, you're saying you wouldn't be chasing the banks. Uh, you're sort of thinking that there is a bit of a pullback coming in that regard. Uh, whereas Henry, um, looking at it, uh, banks having had a, a good run, uh, but a hold for, uh, for ANZ. Ava Risk Group. Uh, <laughs> Rudy's saying it's, it's too small, too obscure. Um, so not recommending it, but um, Henry doesn't necessarily see that as being a problem, but it has had a massive run-up, uh, but it is looking interesting at this price, which is around 53 cents, so a potential buy there from uh, Henry for Ava Risk Group. Uh, the ResApp uh, Health there, we were discussing <coughs> that. Um, Henry saying, has promised much, delivered little. Uh, Rudy agrees, um, and he goes on to say, look, need more than just a, a product. You need something else to really drive this. It hasn't got it at this point. So plenty of potential, but just hasn't come through at this point. And as we've just mentioned, uh, robotics, uh, the ETF there, R-O-B-O, uh, both, a hold for both Rudy and Henry there, uh, has had a big run-up, been a stellar performer. That's the words of, uh, of Henry. Um, so a hold on robotics ETF. All right, uh, let's continue with our uh, suggestions. And this one coming to us from Jenna. It is uh, Proteomics International Laboratories, ticket code PIQ. Uh, so Henry, I had to look this up, didn't know too much about it. Um, it's, it's using a protein- Mix two of us. Protein <laughs> fingerprint to predict the onset of diabetic kidney disease, and it's seeking FDA approval in the States. Yeah, I guess at the core of this is a technology that they've developed over a number of years, and it uses protein markers to identify certain illnesses, um, and that, that's their skill set, basically. So they, they've now focused that and honed that uh, over the last few years into looking at kidney disease in diabetics. It's, it's a massive market. It's, it's very hard to diagnose, and their protein marker that they have uh, can predict it 
better than a lot of ways of diagnosing things. So this is why they're going to the FDA to do this. And this will give them uh, income and the ability to do deals based on this, this one marker. But then in hopefully going forward, they can then roll those protein markers out to other diseases, other cancers, etc. That that's, that's the great hope of this one. And it's had a pretty good run. Um, well, just in the last month. That's off some news? Um, yeah, I would imagine so, yes. I haven't looked back over the news spiel, but... Uh, probably why they went off. It was the, uh, probably the FDA yep. um, going for that approval. But th they have, over the years, I mean, it's been a slow kind of grind and they, they fall out of um, people's consciousness quite, quite easily because there's so many biotechs out there. So they're very much driven by announcements, as you can see by the mm. chart. You know, those announcements drive the share price. It's, it's an interesting company. It's probably run a little bit hard for my uh, money at the moment, but if it was to pull back, um, you know, under a dollar, then uh, potentially that um, that has some appeal. It, it's good technology. It has been around for a long time. I first heard of this one at least seven or eight years ago, um, and it had a big spike then on on a very good announcement and went from sort of five cents to thirty-five cents. In, in a couple of hours. So mm. um, it does this, it has some, some volatility, but um, they're, they're on the right track now. They've, they've, at least they've honed in, instead of saying we've got protein markers for diseases, they've now at least gone, okay, we're gonna focus on the kidney disease because that gives us a foot in the door, gives yep. us some revenue, and then we can use that to roll out other, other sort of diseases to focus on. So it, it's interesting story, interesting, interesting technology. Um, from one of our local biotechs, mm. but uh, probably run a little hard just for the time being for me. Yeah, oh, do you like med techs in general? Well, if if we're talking cochlear resmed, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I'm going. I'm going to sound very old-fashioned now because I think in the second half we're going to talk about risk a lot of times. I like to invest in 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 a company that actually has a business. So I'm not focused on the share price, but I'm focused on there's a business behind the share price, mm. which, dare I say it, is, is something that uh, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett once upon a time championed. Mm. Um, I'm going to put this very black and white. This is not a business. This is an idea. Um, I mean, and the reason why that is, is if you're a business, you have a regular income, you have customers that you can pamper or not, and you can actually make quite reliable forecasts. I mean, there's a reason why, for example, a, a resident or a cochlear can tell their investors at every half year result, at the result, they go like, well, this is what we expect for the year ahead. If we would ask these guys, this is what we expect for the year ahead, they have probably no idea. Mm. It's like the finger in the air and we have some idea that maybe this might happen and that might happen. That translates by default in a very erratic share price performance. I'm pretty certain if Henry heard about this one seven years ago. He was seven years ahead of me. Um, <laughs> if you take a price chart of seven years long, you, you, you probably won't, don't want to look at that price chart because, I mean, the, the whole idea about you put it in the bottom drawer doesn't apply. Yeah? You lose 80% of your money. So this share, the share price has to move on something. Now, either the sector is in, in, is in, is in, is in vogue mm. or there's an announcement to be made or, or maybe something, uh, take over speculation or whatever, but the share price can't move on a consistent basis un unless we have a business that consistently performs. And it, this type of early stage development businesses, that's not there. All right, okay. You're not liking it, are you, Rudy? It's a risk factor. Right, <laughs> risk. 
risk is always a put the fear into people when it, when it yep. materializes and before the people go, what are you talking about? Share prices up. All right. Uh, so Mike, uh, sorry, uh, Jenna suggesting that one. Um, hopefully that answers your question. Let's uh, move on to our next one. Hub 24, HUB from Mike. Uh, Rudy, the, the financial services provider, of course, making a name for itself. How are you looking at it at the moment? Com coming from the margin, I recently uh, snapped up some shares. Um, in hindsight, very hindsight, very rich. Uh, I was obviously too early because share price kept on falling. Um, but, I'm, but I'm pretty confident uh, because I, I tend to buy shares with a little bit of a longer term view mm. uh, that this share price will, will move up a lot higher over the years ahead. Um, this is a sector that is, is, is taking market share from, 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 the, from the giants, the banks, the AMPs, uh, etc. Um, that is a form of disruption that is more than likely to stick with us for, for quite a while. If you look at the market share from those guys, it's almost nothing. I mean, it's 2% it's here, it's 2.5% over there. So the likes of AMP and, and the banks who are selling their, their wealth management uh, activities um, to others, um, I mean, that movement is, is ongoing and they have a lot of money basically coming their way. Um, all they need to do is run their businesses well. Uh, because the money is actually flowing in. Not all businesses in that sector are well run, but at the moment that doesn't, that doesn't count for much because the wind is blowing in their sails. I think the, best, the better one in that sector is Hub24, and I think they will do well and continue to do well for, 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 uh, for at least uh, multiple years from here, I think. Um, people have, similar to, to Afterpay, people have tried to put some doubt in investors' mind with their cash levels and and their margin and stuff like that. At the end of the day, if the money keeps on flowing in in those, in those, in those operations, margin pressure, less money making on the, on the cash, it, it, it counts for a lot less than simply the, 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 the wave of money coming into those businesses. And the, the money is coming in at a very rapid pace. Mm. Okay. It's so a buy. It's a buy. All <laughs> right. Henry, do you agree? It's not cheap. No. But that's 61 yeah. times earnings for financial year 22. It's not cheap. I, I, I don't mind it, having said all the fact that it's not cheap. They have been distracted to some extent because they've been doing a number of little takeovers. And that does tend to distract um, management from the task at hand, which is uh, building the, the, the core business. And, and obviously those acquisitions will add to the core business over time but you still need to bed them down and there's some indigestion involved in that so for me i think net wealth for me is probably slightly ahead of them if i had to pick one of the two uh, net wealth would probably be the one that i pick hub 24 i think has just got to, for me i'd just like to see them bed down those recent acquisitions before before i got too uh, too excited it's, it's fallen back a long way uh, from its highs uh, as has a few of those but it's had an extraordinary run uh, in the last year or so, um, mm. so um, it's turned. I mean, Chart-wise, it has turned back up, which is which is promising. So we could get some more gains out of it. So maybe Rudy's going to be right, but uh, for me, it's probably a hold, and I'd rather go with net worth, which I think is is cheaper on a PE basis than Hub. And I think that Hub needs to just digest its acquisitions, which did take did seem to take an awful long time to to sort out get get under their belt so yeah all right hold so 
that's Hub24, a hold from Henry, a buy, strong buy from... It's fine. From I didn't Rudy. back up his buy on Afterpay, so it's not going as <laughs> a portfolio. That's all right. That's all right. We, can, we can disagree. <laughs> <No way. laughs> all right, so moving right along. Uh, Hastings Technology Metals, HAS <laughs> is the ticket code. Damien suggesting this. Now, Henry, this is a rare earths producer mm. uh, in WA. Yep. Yeah. How are you looking at it? Um, I think this is quite an interesting one, I've got to say. Um, they've got quite a decent project. They just raised a hundred million bucks mm. to kick this going. So um, when you look at it, you know it's got low capex. Um, I've written this one up recently as a buy. It has done pretty well. There is a really interesting way to play this one as well. If you want to be a real out there punter, because it, which hands up, I can get involved in that. Um, I don't gamble on horses, but every now and then I would gamble on these sorts of things. They have got a, a listed option as well, which has got a 25 cent strike price, which does give you some safety as well as some leverage. Now, the great thing about buying, I don't know what they're trading at at the moment, uh, five cents. So you could buy the stock at 20 cents or you could buy the option at five cents. Mm. Uh, now, for me, I'm an old option trader and I know that the maximum I can lose with that option is five cents, whereas with the stock, I could lose 20 cents. Mm. So in some ways, the option is a safer bet. And also know that there's one thing that a company loves to do is to get those options exercised because that way they get more money in the tin. And call me cynical, but they will continue to put good announcements out to get the stock price up to above 25 cents so that people who are along the options will exercise them. And remarkably, when that happens, they tend to fall back. But there is a small window where the stock can push up. So I'd be quite happy to be buying Hastings Technology. It's got a good project. The options is an interesting leverage way to play it with you only risking five cents. If I was an owner of the stock at 20 cents, I'd sell the stock and buy the option. Well, that's interesting. Um, because that gives you that leverage. It's not mm. the most liquid thing in the world. But if the stock drops back to 15 10, 15 cents, you've lost five cents, whereas the option will always have that time value because it's still got a year to run. Mm, mm. Um, so it'll still be three or four cents, so in which case you've done better. So that, that, that's an, a kind of a slightly twisty strategy yeah. um, that I would use. But uh, this, the stock is attractive. It's just raised a hell of a lot of money, so, which is a big tick in the box. Um, and they're, you know, they're a long way away to actually, they're a long way down the track to be able to fund the project. Uh, rare Earths is pretty cool at the moment. Everyone's looking at mm. Rare Earth. Mm. Strategic metals, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it ticks a lot of boxes, but the, the, the cool, of, if, if you're a holder, an interesting way to play it is to sell down some of your stock into this rally and buy the option. Yeah, that's an interesting way to play it. Rudy, uh, <laughs> would you take that route? I think the operative word here is if you're a wild punter, which uh, <laughs> Henry said. I think what we have on display here a different risk profile. Let's, let's call it like that. I have calls in my portfolio. <laughs> so I think the operative word here is that people are looking at, at rare earths, mm. which are not rare, uh, by the way. It's a misnomer. <laughs> but, um, but market sentiment is enormous, enormously important for, for, this, for this part of the market. So you you have to jump on board when everyone's talking about it and when, when, when share prices can only go one way and um, to put it in, in Wall Street parlance, but you never marry those stocks. You, you just write them for a while. 
and um, so don't get married to them. I mean, they are mm. they are very very rare to turn into this big producer like a BHP and and, and become a, a different type of company. So, I mean, rare earths. I think th the way is up. Uh, if for any reason that uh, China controls that market, and both Europe and the U.S. are realizing that this is uh, becoming of strategic importance, so there will be initiatives. Um, uh, th they will come from the U.S. military and from other places. Uh, there will be contracts at some point, um, but you have to you have to take a, a good look at market market sentiment. Mm. If market sentiment goes out the window, those stocks will be clobbered. So, so you're, this would be a punt for you then, but you're not willing yes. to take. Well, I rather play the lotto. I might have more chance on the lotto. You won't have any, any chance on the lotto, whereas this one you will have yeah, chance. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, that's true. Th this one, you this has got a good yeah, project. You have to do it with with you have to do it with a stomach for volatility and yeah. with, uh, and with the right risk risk profile. And if you have a punt in your portfolio, which people like Henry and other people have, I sometimes have a punt. Right? Yep. I just don't pick. This small, uh, but there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, share price goes up, you make money. Right? That, that's the, that's the name of the game. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, look, um, <laughs> we'll continue on because we're going to talk about another rare earths. Yes. Yep. Producer in just a moment. She so, told you not rare. Yeah. Okay. Common earths. If you want to, what do you want to call it, uh, Damien? That was Hastings Technology Metals. Okay. Let's move on to the next uh, producer. Then in that space, Vital Metals (VML) from Samuel suggesting this one. So, Rudy. Okay, so they're well, not the, the, rare earths. No, but the name says it. This is probably a better vital. name. Vital, vital exactly. Right. And, 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 vital and, the, and, the, and the world is increasingly coming to the conclusion that they are vital yeah. and they don't have a lot of it in production. Okay, so this is starting a rare earths production at its mine in Canada, in Canada this I month. Believe, yes, yes. yes. I, I don't <laughs> follow this company too closely, but I do know from experience the following. Yeah? If a company is, is, in, is in the mining sector and it's not producing, then usually the share price performs better. Why is that? You can't have any disappointments on costs, what you get out of the ground, etc. Usually the first year after they start producing, they go a little bit through a tough time. Why is that? All of a sudden they're producing. Machines break down, they can't get to, uh, to the output they, they thought they would, etc. Et so th the danger zone is when they're actually producing. The best example I can, I can come up with is um, we have this uh, uranium producer in Australia, Paladin, and we only have one. When they were not producing, the share price went to $10. When they were producing, it went to below $1. Mm. That gives you an example of, I mean, you don't have problems if you don't produce. Yeah? Mm. It's all about what the price does and what you potentially have under the ground. So again, it's, it's, I think it's a similar story as with, as with uh, the previous one we have. Yes, they're vital, but you have to pick your moments and you have to pick your moments also to abandon them. And maybe now, because they just started producing, Maybe just wait a little bit. What 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 they come up with and what exactly is going to happen to the share price? All right, hold. You're holding it's a your wait. Yeah, a wait. <laughs> okay, a wait. A wait. That's a new one. Uh, so, Henry, then. Um, so you liked Hastings as a buy. So, how do you look at Vital then? In the same, exactly the same way. Right. Do they have an option? They don't. I don't think they do anymore. I think they used to. Ah, there you go. You see, the option was the, there's the smart way to go because that's 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 you can only lose five cents. Um, Vital, they've got a project in Canada. Mm. They just um, got together 12 kilos of sample rare earth carbonate, and what they they've got offtake agreements. And this is only a fraction of the size I've got to say of Hastings, which is 300 odd million dollar company. This is a 120 odd million dollar company. So it's it's still you know it's getting there. But 
what they do is that they've got an agreement with a Norwegian company called REETEC, um, and they have a processing plant. Now, they have got um, a game-changing processing plant in Norway on an industrial estate, which is a pretty high-tech industrial estate, mm. um, to, uh, to extract the rare earth. So the idea is that Vital send this 12-kilo ball of whatever it is of this um, to rare Norway. earth carbonate yeah. to Norway. Norway then play around with it and then go, yep, it's all good. We can use this. They've got a five-year offtake agreement with these guys. Mm. At the same time, they're also going to be using samples from their, their mine in, uh, in Canada. To, to send it to other people for another offtake agreement. Yeah. It would be nice to see some more offtake agreements. All right, is it a buy though at this point? Uh, it's very volatile, yes, it's yes, a buy. Yes, it's a buy, okay. From... Speculative. <laughs> Speculative buy. All right, uh, running out of time, so video to the last one, Mineral Resources, M-I-N. This is uh, brought to us by Anthony. Uh, now this, well, we're still talking uh, resources, aren't we, Henry? Yep. So this is lithium along with a bit of iron ore. Uh, more probably and more iron ore than lithium, and, and a lot more as well. A yes. lot more iron ore. Lithium, right. lithium is the optionality in this one. Yep. Iron ore is the bedrock. Chris Ellison, he runs this company. Mm -hmm. um, he's done an extraordinary job. He's mm -hmm. like uh, Fortescue is the third force in iron ore. Chris is the fourth force yep. in iron ore. Um, it's got the lithium option. It's done very well. Iron ore's done very well. We did see a fall last night of what five or six percent in the iron ore price. Yep. Uh, if it comes off, then this will come off. This will follow the iron ore price. Lithium gives it an optionality. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a hold up here because I've got a sneaky suspicion we're going to see a bit of drifting away of that iron ore price. Rudy? I think this, this, is, this is quite a unique beast in Australia. This is actually originally a mining services provider that decided we, we, can, we can own some, some assets ourselves. Um, yes, it's now become a balance between obviously the services they do for other mining stocks, mining companies, and they, they run their own iron ore which obviously at the moment is enjoying a very high price historically. Yeah. Everyone has been thinking that that has to come off at some stage. It hasn't really happened. Mm. But if that happens, the share price will come under pressure. But they do have the optionality, as Henry said. They will, they will move into other metals, lithium, one of them. Um, I, I think it's a hold here. Uh, but with a long-term long perspective, I, w I would be inclined to say like this could be one of those mining services that you actually can confidently put in your portfolio uh, with a long, with longer term horizon. Most mining service providers don't have that luxury because they are dependent on mining or energy companies spending money. Mm. These guys operate themselves, so there's a, there's a different dynamic going on there. All right, I'm taking that as a long-term buy then. Oh, we can do a long-term buy. Yeah, okay, all right. There's uh, a dividend there as well. Yeah, oh, well, there you go. There's the bonus. <laughs> All right, uh, let's summarise where we've gone just to the second half of the show with those uh, stocks. Um, Proteomics, uh, they're... Um, okay, so not a business, says Rudy. Uh, so not really liking at this point, whereas... Uh, and Henry is saying that uh, it's run too hard, but it pulls back to about a dollar. Yep, it has potential there. Hub24... Uh, not cheap, says Henry, but he does see it as a whole, uh, preferring net wealth. Was that you or was no, that, that yeah, yeah, you preferring Guilty. net worth? Oh, that's right, yeah. That's, that's um, how he killed my buy. All right, yeah, well, that's right, because it is a buy from <laughs> Rudy there. Uh, recently bought it, in fact, and uh, yeah. thinks that it's uh, certainly showing some appreciation there as far as the share price is concerned. Uh, Hastings Tech Metals. Um, Okay, so this is, we're talking about rare earths, although Rudy's not calling them rare earths. Vital <coughs> earths is another way of looking at it. Uh, 
Henry's liking the options there at five cents. So maybe sell down the stock to buy the options. Um, so that's a buy from Henry. Rudy, though, uh, potential, seeing the potential there, but a no at this point. And still in that space, uh, Vital Metals. Um, Henry likes it uh, for those same reasons. Uh, it is a buy. Rudy, uh, potential, but he's willing to wait at this point. It's a better name. Better name, Smaller more accurate name. name. Names are yeah. important. It's like betting on racehorses. <laughs> Names are important. <laughs> All right, and mineral resources, a hold from both. Uh, perhaps a, a long-term buy there from Rudy. All right, well, that uh, brings us to the end of our show. Uh, Henry, great to, that you can come to us from Marcus today. Of course, Rudy from FN Arena, great to have a chat. My pleasure. All right, now any stocks uh, that you'd like us to cover, we well, can flick us an email at the call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us at TV. Stick around, lots more happening on Ausbiz. We'll be back just after the break. Thanks for watching. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.